My mother believed and my father believed that if I wanted to be president of the United States, I could be, I could be vice president. This is America. Former Vice President Joe Biden has been elected president of the United States. It is my greatest honor and privilege to have been your president. We will be back in some form. We are still deeply divided. Public health experts warned this was coming unless more was done. And here we are now. Are you proud of what happened here today? Absolutely. Never before in American history has there been an uprising like this. Of the 75 million Americans who voted for Donald Trump, I don't know how many today are feeling, dear God, what was I thinking? But I would wager a lot more are thinking, let's carry on this fight. Character matters. It matters. Tell them the truth matters. The 21st century is going to be the American century. Because we lead not only by the example of our power, but by the power of our example. That is the history of the journey of America. One year on from the riot at the Capitol, we look back at what happened that fateful day. What we know now that we didn't know then. And could Donald Trump still face punishment for his involvement? As always, Mary McKeown joins me to talk about all this and the amateur Internet sleuths known as sedition hunters who are helping FBI, the FBI track down those involved using everything from Facebook recognition to dating apps. We will also look ahead at what we can expect to see in 2022 and the conviction of Elizabeth Holmes for defrauding investors of Theranos. Thanks to our investors, the supporters of this show who keep the lights on at An Irishman Abroad, we have three banger episodes for you this week. Tuesday with Sonia Sullivan when we announced my goal to run a sub 25 5k. You can go back and listen to that. Hear the full conversations with Marion, Sonia Sullivan each week and of course this Sunday you'll get a big interview with the Irish actor taking the world by storm, Fra Fee, the star of Les Mis, The Ferryman, and of course, the new Marvel series, Hawkeye. Just head to patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad for more. Marion, it's great to have you. How has Good your <laughs> Nulig Naman been treating you? Uh, not too bad so far, but it's still early. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you were working hard over Christmas, it has to be said. You've been back home with the family in Ireland and you very much yeah. were flat out all Christmas. Uh, you know what? It, it was it was flat out for different reasons. I, I was. There's always a bit of work to do at the end of the year, of course, for, you know, for, for the business post and for and radio and whatever. But I was also, and I discovered I am not cut out to be a nurse because two members of the family had COVID. So I had been in contact. So the three of us were in lockdown together for the 10 days over Christmas, starting Christmas Eve. Uh, it's my sister and her little girl. Luckily, we get on very, very well anyway. But there was a lot of Cluedo. There was a lot of there was a lot of Google. I think it's called. It's like a Scrabble game, and um, actually, and a lot of Downton Abbey and Modern Family, but a lot of laughs as well. But yeah, as I say, you know, nursing is not my forty. I absolutely forte. love Boggle. You know, uh, that's the one with the the letters in the box, and you shake them it's up. It's great fun when you come across the bad words. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's love it. Those they are double points. Go, I'm gonna go for the T I T T Y. <laughs> but or, or whatever you know so uh, you know it, it was look christmas is is um i always come home for christmas i always love it i always swear next christmas i'm just going somewhere warm and sunny and i'm gonna lie there and do nothing but you mm. never do and and um as i say the covid i think put a lot of pressure on people 
all around this year. It was the first time I didn't have to cook dinner for about 28 to 45 people. So I only had to do it for two sick people. <laughs> so in some ways it was a lot easier. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I think you know, that, that, is a, that is a thing, though, isn't it? That in some ways this month is a lot easier than last year out and about. The idea that this Omicron variant is ripping through and the world is on fire with it versus last year at this time when I was just walking along reminding Tina that there was barely a vaccine in an arm at this point. Donald Trump was still sitting in the White House, basically refusing to leave. We're sitting here on the actual anniversary of the Capitol riot. Do you remember where you were that day and did you realise it was as serious as it was when you first started to see it on the screens? Well, I remember very clearly where I was. I was here in Dublin, Charles, and I was frantically trying to get back into the States because from the US Department of State, it has to be said, and and their the, their press officer here in Dublin. And it because I had the COVID, the, at that stage, only American citizens were being allowed back into the States, no matter what. So as a non-US citizen, I have an I visa. I don't hold a green card. Or, you know, I hold a straightforward journalist's I visa. Uh, I was deemed to be not eligible. We had to get a special waiver. And the the the, the statement comes that you, it is in the national public interest that you, you be allowed back into the States. Now, that was a stretch. They did push it for me on the grounds that I was a journalist. I was covering these things. But I was frantic because I thought I've got to get back in. I had to get back in before the inauguration. I want to be back for January 6th. But nobody, I think, we had spoken so many times, Charlotte, in in the final months that some kind of violence was inevitable. And it was happening in in minor scuffly things around the country. But we had both spoken about, given the way things had been ginned up, not just by Trump, but by Donald Trump Jr. telling people to the Trump army to, you know, stockpile your ammunition, get your guns, etc. And this was being said around the country in the in the final weeks and months. And if Trump lost, be prepared to fight. If the election was stolen, be prepared to fight. And there was no doubt about the kind of fighting when you have clowns like Eric Trump in Michigan saying stockpile ammunition, like exhorting these fanatical Trump supporters to, you know, basically get their guns oiled and their ammunition stocked. Uh, It seemed to me, and we did discuss this at the time, that some kind of violence was inevitable, but I don't think anybody expected what happened on the day for the Capitol to to be stormed as it was for people to smear excrement, human excrement around the walls of Stratley Hall, to smash windows, to attack policemen, to ransack offices and to go around with those eerie chants of Nancy, come out Nancy to Nancy Pelosi and of course the hang Mike Pence. Nobody, I think, could have anticipated that. And, you know, to me, a year later now that that the deniers have been out in full force and almost it was a bunch of overenthusiastic tourists, this kind of line. And, you know, and and with Trump, you know, there there will be a vigil tonight at 6.30 outside one of the prisons where, where many of the people who are being charged and who are still awaiting trial, there's going to be a vigil outside there tonight, basically applauding them and, and saying they're political prisoners, you know. And, and so Trump was scheduled to speak at 5.30 from Mar-a-Lago and he has cancel that. And, you know, I think it's one of the smartest decisions he has ever made because 
What can you say? Is he going to give comfort to those writers? Is he going to retrospectively give them some kind of a pardon? Is he going to urge by his words people to do something similar again? The best thing he could have done was to say nothing. And thank God he made that decision. But as I say, look ahead, America, which is a big pro-Trump group, is holding a vigil outside the Washington jail where the people being charged in the riot are being held at the moment. And there is this sort of you know, that they're being treated as heroes, as patriots by, you know, by, by the Republican Party as a whole, which really has yet to distance itself and say, this was wrong. This was appalling. This was the darkest day in modern American history. And, uh, you know, so I, I think that it's we will see what happens. I'm nervous that there could be some kind of in the days to come or the months to come, you know, that that, that that there could be some sporadic violence. I don't believe there's a lot of talk in America at the moment about are we headed to civil war? No, America is not headed to civil war in the context of 1861 civil war. But I think America is looking at very, very rocky months ahead. The country has not united under Joe Biden. Nobody ever thought it would, I think, seriously, despite Biden's optimism about that. It's a deeply polarized country. And, you know, the pro-Trump people want to win in 24 at any cost, whether or not Trump is running, because if Trump isn't running, it will be a disciple of Trump's who does run. It will be a handpicked Trump nominee who eventually gets that nomination. Well, you mentioned the people that were imprisoned as a result of it. And it seemed like on the day the authorities took the decision to simply shepherd people away to try and avoid any more violence. And to a large extent, those involved felt that they were going to get away scot-free. Many went on social media bragging, posting videos and uh, regaling the world with their story of what they'd done and how they'd been there. Yeah. And this uh, obviously resulted in a wide ranging investigation by the FBI and various different uh, federal outlets to track down the hundreds of people that were involved. To date, how how have they gotten on? Let's start there. How did they get on with tracking down all of these people? And percentage wise, how many have been imprisoned? Well, about 750 people have been arrested to date. I think there's about another, I'm just looking at my my stats here, there's about another 725 people have been arrested. And that's like across every US state, like Alaska, Arizona, more than 30 have so far been sentenced, have received prison sentences, you know, prominent sort of the the face of it. I, I think you could say Jacob Chansley, the 34 year old, the QAnon shaman, uh, received a 41 month prison sentence uh, last year. The, this was the guy just for the listeners who was wearing the bearskin headdress with the, hmm. you know, the war paint smeared across his face, etc. And he was kind of the face of it. He has since said he believed it was wrong to enter the capital and that he hoped to evolve, whatever that means. It's very, I am not being cynical, but, you know, when you're about to be sentenced to a lengthy, possibly prison sentence, you're going to, of course, say, yes, it, it was wrong and I'm going to behave better in future, Your Honour. Anyway, f- a 41-month prison sentence. The investigators are still seeking the public health. And this is where, as you say, these internet sleuths have come in useful in identifying another 350 rioters that they would be seeking to arrest. Of that 350, around 248 
are suspected or wanted to be questioned in the context of attacks on police officers who were at the Capitol that day. Police officers, you know, who who were just doing their jobs and who were beaten, who were, you know, in in the most appalling way, who were beaten with American flags, who were attacked with with any sort of weapons that that this mob could could get, you know, could lay their hands on, who were in some cases beaten with their own equipment, who had you know their their some of their equipment like literally torn off them. So I th- I think that, you know. Marking an anniversary suggests something is over and done with. This isn't over and done with by any stretch of the imagination in the sense that, as I said, there are still about 350 people that the police want to at least interview, if not arrest and charge. And in the sense that the January 6th Select Committee, these investigations are ongoing. There are still subpoenas being handed. They're still trying to get people to cooperate. Uh, When you think of... Uh, to me, it's the, the the shocking aspects of this is that the chief of staff in the U.S. White House at the time is refusing to cooperate. You would think we're talking about, you know, the, the president and his staff and his key people who are refusing to cooperate with a riot on the U.S. Capitol in which policemen died, some committed suicide afterwards, um, in, in which ordinary Americans died, in which more than 140 policemen were injured, in which the capital was vandalized and, and you know, in, in the most appalling ways. And and the fact that a White House chief of staff, the person closest to the president, is going, nah, sorry, I'm not helping you on this. I'm not saying anything. It, and, and not just him, but all of the minions who have done likewise. It's, it's so shocking. So this is not over mm. by a long shot. And And I'm afraid that really it was a stress test. It was a stress test on American democracy. And for those who were pushing that, you know, physically pushing their way in, they found weaknesses in the system and they discovered, you know, I think that a lot of these people will be looking ahead to 24 and saying, well, now what? we need to do to ensure that Trump is reelected in 2024. They've already in several states changed the voting laws and really rigged them to a way that that will make it much more difficult for you know, minorities to vote, for people who live in certain neighbourhoods in Republican states to vote, for people who are, are poorly paid and who are, you know, low-income workers to vote in, in certain states, in, in towns where you'd be more likely to have Democratic voters. There has been a surgical re-sort of... Re- reviewing and, and re-legislating of voting laws in at least a dozen states that are specifically designed to make it harder for likely Democratic voters to vote. And that will make a difference in 2024 if Joe Biden and if the, the Senate Democrats don't get their act together and introduce national voting legislation that would reinforce everyone's right to vote. Yeah, I mean, There's so much we could get into here. This side of things is, I guess, part of our preview of 2022 that we're going to get to later in the show in the Patreon extended edition of this conversation. But before we leave the sedition hunters or these groups, they're also known as capital hunters. They've kind of split into two big collectives. I find this really fascinating that a lot of people left at home unemployed or simply told not to come to work were as angry as you, Marion, when you describe it there. 
I think it's really important that we don't just leave behind that this thing happened and accept that it's just another crazy thing that took place. But the violation of, you know, a place that's meant to be sacred to the democratic process was violated in the way it was. It pissed a lot of people off worldwide. Forrest Rogers is one of those people. He's a German American living in Switzerland, and he joined up with a bunch of other online sleuths uh, in the days after January 6th to form a group called the Deep State Dogs. And uh, about a week after the riot, they kind of settled on one woman. I'm not sure if you're aware of this uh, woman who seemed to be kind of an insider, a congressional insider who was giving directions to people. She was also known as Bullhorn Lady or Pink Hat Lady. I don't know how much of this footage you've seen, but she definitely knew where to go and where what turns yeah. to take. She was directing the mob. What do you know about this story? Well, and this is one of the things that, you know, the big question is to what degree was this planned? Because, of course, the the Republican narrative is and, and the, the Trump narrative is, look, this was people were expressing their outrage that, you, first of all, you've got to buy into the lie that the election was stolen. Now, all of these people have to some degree bought into that lie. And they're saying, you know, these people were angry that where they're saying democracy broke down was in the theft of the election. Okay, Mm. so they believe that lie. They're saying, no, 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 there was no assault on democracy on January 6th. The assault on democracy occurred on November the 3rd when the election was stolen by Joe Biden. Now, we all know it has been debunked in every court in America. It has been debunked by by Trump appointees who were in charge of election security. It was debunked by the Department of Homeland Security's you know section that takes care of the the you know the, the voting the mechanism that is you know involved in the voting process. So we know that Joe Biden won by more than seven million votes. That is incontrovertible. That has been proven through recounts, through audits, through everything. So there you have it. That's your taste of the Irishman in America for this week with Marion McKeown. Come on over and hear the rest of the conversation by becoming a member at patreon.com forward slash Irishman abroad and enjoy all these conversations in full, including our feature interview every Sunday and our back catalogue of nearly eight years of interviews at patreon.com forward slash Irishman abroad. Ready? You have the cameras rolling? This is America. A lot of people who would probably consider themselves liberal have done very well financially under the Donald Trump four years. You encouraged espionage against our people. You condemn any interference by Russia in the American election. By Russia or anybody else. Russia, please, if you can, get us Hillary Clinton's emails. Please, Russia, please. To renew America, we must revitalize our democracy.